Hey friends, welcome to the City Hope Podcast. My name is Bobby Thompson and I have the privilege of serving as a lead pastor. I pray that today's message would inspire you, it would encourage you, and it would also challenge you in your walk with Christ. Enjoy today's sermon. I want to share this message with you today. Um, The Lord's been kind of stirring in my heart about just... um, what does it really mean to be a follower of Christ? What does that look like? And, and you know, as a pastor, uh, I, I've been able to kind of see all different sides of what that means, okay? So let me ask you a question. Uh, I know we're in the South, and some of you guys, I think I know your answer. How many of you guys, like, love football? Anybody, anybody love football? Like, well, really? Really? What about, like, basketball is your thing? You love basketball, okay? A couple of you. Um, any baseball fans? Not very, oh, oh, wow, baseball people, okay? I wasn't expecting that. Um, soccer? Like, soccer's your favorite, okay? Did I miss any? I miss any? Like, when my wife was here, she was like, hockey, you know? Like, she, she's from Canada, right? So, like, <clears throat> we don't know anybody thinking about that. Um, well, several years ago, um, if, if, whatever your sports team is, this kind of theme of, all in. It, it came out, right? And coaches were like, all right, players, we want you to be all in. Fans, we want you to be all in. And, you know, I had someone tell me the other day, well, well, Clemson created that. Dabo created it. I'm like, okay, sure. He created the words all in. Like, you think everything's good with Clemson, right? But, but there's, this, there's this idea that, that these coaches and teams have rallied around, and we want you to be all in. So I started thinking about that. Well, what does that look like for a church, especially for a new church? Like, we, we're striving to, to have Christians and people that are following Jesus be all in. But we want people in our church to be all in as well. We want to have a church that's not half in, that's not occasionally in. We want to have a church that is all in for Christ. Well, it reminded me, a few years ago, I was able to go on a, a mission trip to Africa. Anybody ever been to Africa? The whole big, okay. I got to go to Ethiopia. And Ethiopia is this humongous city, and we flew into Ethiopia, and it was, it was really cool. We get there. That The thing about wh- where we were staying versus where we were doing ministry, they were like five hours apart, okay? So we were staying in a hotel, but we'd get in this van, and we would drive five hours, and we would go spend all day. And it was like stuff you see on TV, right? I was the, I was the first white person some of those little kids had ever seen, right? I'm walking down, and they're like, can I touch your head? And they're like, okay, whatever. Like... <laughs> It was, it was awesome. It was such a great time. And I remember it was towards the end of our trip. We were there for, for 12, 14 days. And it was towards the end of our trip. And making that five-hour trek every day there and back. It was just a long, long, long days. And when one day we were on our way back. And we kind of were out in the sticks, out in the nowhere. And we, we were pulling back into town. And then all of a sudden we hit a traffic jam. I'm like, how do you hit a traffic jam on a dirt road? Like, it just doesn't seem right. What is going on? And, and our uh, driver, he kind of honks and he, and he looks up and he's pointing up there. And all of a sudden we see all these wild animals crossing the road. Right? We saw an elephant, a wild elephant was crossing the road. We saw a camel crossing the road. And then all of a sudden, I hear this screaming from behind us, and it like scared me. I'm like, I'm in Africa, right? Like, what is going on? And this huge pack, this huge herd of wild monkeys comes running up beside our van. Like, I thought, I'm going to die right here by a monkey. And, and it, was, it was freaky. 
Well, it was crazy. All the monkeys, as we were stopped, there was about four or five little huts, little houses right here. And all these monkeys jump on the house. And they're just banging on the house and, and just causing mass chaos. Everybody's looking at them. And, like, the people who live there, there was like an old guy on his porch. And he's sweeping. He's like, I've seen this before. Like, it didn't bother him. He did take his broom and, like, banged it up against his house, trying to get the monkeys off his house. And it was so, so, so crazy. And like every, the traffic was stopped. Everybody knew what was going on. So I get home from that trip and um, it was gone for a long time. And we, at this time we lived in Knoxville, Tennessee. And Knoxville has a great zoo. And so Shira, my wife, she's like, hey, let's, you've been gone. Let's take the girls to the zoo. We used to love to go to the zoo. We had a pass, and it was a lot of fun. So we get there, and we see the, see the polar bears, and we see the lions and the tigers, and, and, and it was really, really cool. So we get to the, the gorillas, the monkeys part, right? And I'm like, man, I just saw wild monkeys, y'all, and I was telling them the story. And I start looking in the zoo, and the, and the gorilla that was there, he was like, sitting. I'm like, man, this is awesome, man. Like, Really? He's just kind of kind of tame, real lethargic, right? And you know, what, what does the glass say? Do not touch, do not bang on it. So, of course, I don't. I hit it. And I'm like, I'm like, do something. Come, what are you doing? Why are you just sitting there? And, and my, my pastor brain turned on. And I'm like, man, what a difference between wild monkeys and gorillas and the wild monkeys and gorillas in the zoo. They were so, so different, so, so uh, uh, their attitude was different, their, their action was different, and this question hit me, um, that's like so many of our churches today. How many of our churches are like the wild animals where everybody knows they're there, they're doing crazy things, they're doing great things for the Lord, the, the culture is taking notice, it's stopping traffic, everybody sees what that church is doing, or what about the churches where everybody's just kind of lame, lethargic, sitting, not really a lot going on? Are, are our churches more like zoos? Is it, is it once I become a Christian, I just remove all risk, I just go and I sit, and I, I sit with my other Christian friends, and we just talk about how good things is, and, and we eliminate all danger. And it's almost as if, our whole purpose, our goal is to just live life and arrive safely at death. Well, I don't think that's why Jesus died. I don't think that's why God sent his son to die. For us just to sit around and talk about how bad the world is. I think Jesus, if you look at the book of Acts, I think Jesus died and, and his followers went and spread the good news. His followers went out and, and the culture noticed them. They didn't say tamed. These guys were all in. These guys were all in. And for us, why, why you know, you hear all the time, why, why don't we go in? Well, what are people going to think? People are going to think I'm crazy. People are going to think I'm a little weird. Well, I want you to know this, that culture notices crazy. And I think, I think crazy is what changes culture. Crazy is what changes culture. And your craziness your, your, your willingness to look different, act different, sound different, is, is it could be what changes someone's life. And so be, being all in, being all in. I think there's a lot of places we can go in the Bible, but I want to ask you to turn to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, I think, is, is a great, great, great explanation of what God wants from you and I to be all in. Because I don't think being all in for Christ is just holding down the fort. 
I think it means that we invade the world with this light, with this passion, with, with what God has given us. I think that's what all in means. So right here in Luke chapter 9, Jesus is, is teaching his disciples. He's talking to his disciples. And these are the people that are on Jesus' team. They had been with him. They've been going place to place to place, watching Jesus do miracles, watching Jesus heal, listening to Jesus teach, right? Uh, right before we, where we're picking up, they had just uh, experienced Jesus uh, uh, feed 5,000. You guys have probably heard that story. He takes five loaves and two fishes. And so, so that's what's on the disciples' mind. They're, they're hearing about, they're watching Jesus do all these crazy things. And I think Jesus gives us these few verses to tells us, that tell us what really means going all in. So let me ask you to do this. Let's stand and honor the reading of God's word. We're going to read just two verses. Luke chapter 9, verse 23 and verse 24. And get a good idea of what Jesus is talking about when he wants us to go all in. The Bible says this. Then he said to them all, again, this is Jesus teaching his disciples. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. Must take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. Father, I pray your blessing on the reading of your word. Lord, speak to our hearts today. Speak to our hearts. I pray for the, for the family that's in here today that nobody knows what's going on. I pray for the individual in here today that's struggling. They need a word from you. Lord, speak to our hearts. Challenge us. Change us. Use us. Help us to fall more in love with you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, three truths, you may be seated, three truths real quick that I want to ask you or, or that I want to share with you that I think stand out from this passage. Number one is found right there in, in, in all these verses. Number one is this, whoever means whoever. Whoever means whoever. Three times in these verses he uses the word whoever. Whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to save their life, whoever loses their life. It almost sounds like nobody's excluded, right? When he says whoever wants to do this. And, and if you think about that, that really just doesn't sound right. What do you mean whoever? What if, what if um, tomorrow, let's just take one of our Ivy League schools. What if tomorrow Harvard puts out an ad and it says, whoever wants to come to Harvard, come on. You're all accepted. Everybody's in, right? How many people would be in line? How many people would flood that place? There wouldn't be enough rooms if everyone was invited, right? Let's go back to our sports theme. Uh, who's, who's somebody's favorite team? Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys? Anybody? All right, we got a couple of Cowboys. <laughs> Man, a lot of Cowboy haters, all right? Um, what, if, what if the Cowboys said, all right, you want to be on our team? Come on. Whoever wants to be, come on. You can, you can be on the team. You don't, you don't play football? It doesn't matter. Whoever, I mean, some of those players look like that. But anyways, anybody that wants to be on the team, come on. There wouldn't be enough room on the sidelines, right? There wouldn't be enough room. And, and I want you to understand the significance when Jesus gives this invitation to anyone. Back during Jesus' time, these rabbis, these were the, these were the spiritual elite, Right? And they were looking for people to be on their team. They wanted guys to, to be on their team. And so these, these rabbis, what they would do, they would find the best of the best of the best. If you weren't the best, they wouldn't want you on their team. Why? Because their name was on the line, 
right? If, if I'm under this rabbi, right? If I'm the rabbi and the guys behind me, if they're not acting right, it's going to be a reflection on me. So they were very, very, very picky about who was going to be on their team, who was going to be, uh, you know, their names on the line. And so here comes Jesus during this same time. He, he, he's, he's just kind of breaking up everything that they, they're thinking about. And he says, whoever wants to be my disciple can be my disciple. You don't have to be this spiritual elite. Jesus is saying, this invitation is for whoever wants to take it. I'm not going to hide anything in the fine print. I'm not going to make you commit to something and then add some cost to you later. I want you to know whoever wants to be my disciple can be. So think about this today, church. The, The scholar and the high school dropout. Come on. The, the, the business owner and the homeless person, come on. The grandmother and the 15-year-old child, come on. The, the person with a jacked-up past, you don't know what I've done, come on. The person with doubts and, and, and really some confusion about who God is and i got questions about this religion stuff, come on. You're, you're a part of the whoever, the person who, who, who may believe that there's no God, the person who may uh, uh, used to believe in God, the person who is struggling in sin, the person who's struggling with bitterness and unforgiveness in their heart, the person living in, in ultimate sin and defiance from God, he says, come on. Whoever wants to be my disciple, come on. But I want you to hear this. When Jesus says whoever, he gets rid of all of our excuses for not following him. We have no more excuses. Well, I didn't grow up in that kind of church. I didn't grow up doing this. I didn't. No, 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 no. Jesus says, he doesn't say, if you do this, this, and this, then you can be my disciple. He says, whoever wants to follow me. So what he does here is he puts us all in the same playing field. He puts us all in the same level. And he says, it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, what you've been through. Whoever wants to be my disciple. Whoever means Whoever. And that's a truth that somebody needs today. You need to hear that, that that's the call, that's the invitation that Jesus is offering. So my question is, is, is really simple for, that I want to encourage you to ask. Am I a part of whoever? Am I a part of this whoever? Have I made the decision to give my life to follow Jesus? And I know when, when, when you start talking like that, like there's questions, right? Why do I need to consider this? Why do I, what, what, what does this do for me? What, what is Jesus really offering? Why do I need that? And, you know, as I thought about that this week and the last couple of weeks, I've been praying through that. I think the, the, the basic, most simple answer that I can give anyone that says, uh, why do I need to be in the whoever? Why consider Jesus as all, at, at all? And, and I think the basic answer that I can give you is you'll never find what Jesus is offering. You'll never find what Jesus is offering except through Jesus. He promises to connect you with God. He promises that you'll never face life alone. He promises to develop character in you that is pleasing to God. He promises to forgive you of your sins and make you a blessing. He promises that you will have hard times, but he will see you through. He promises you deliverance from sin, a spot in the kingdom of heaven, adoption in the family of God. He promises the Holy Spirit will fill your body and guard your life. What Jesus is offering, you cannot find anywhere else. Whoever means whoever. John 
3.16, one of the most talked about popular verses in all of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. But if you keep reading verse 17 and 18, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Listen to this. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Whoever chooses to believe, if I'm a part of the whoever, if I put my faith and trust in Jesus, I'm not condemned. But whoever chooses not to believe stands condemned. I want you to hear this today, and this is what I've been praying that that some of you would hear. There's room for you. There's still room for you in the whoever. No matter what your life may look like today, there's still room for you. So the first step of going all in is being a part of whoever. Jesus gives us this offering. He, he, He tells us, here's what I want. Give your life to me. Number two. Number two is this. Deny, deny, deny. Look at verse 23, the second part. He says, Uh, 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 whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Must deny themselves and take up their cross daily. Jesus did say whoever, but Jesus did not separate the invitation from the cost. Here's the invitation. Whoever wants it, you can come. But if you do come, I want you to know up front that there is a price to pay. I want you to know that there's a price to pay for following me. And, and what you and I, this is the tough part, right? Because, yeah, I want to I I be in part of whoever. I want to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. But do I want to give up my way? Do I want to deny my sinful nature? I don't know if I'm willing to pay the price. And that's the question that you and I have to answer. <clears throat> our our uh, favorite sport in, in our house is basketball. We, um, we love to play. I grew up playing my whole life. I could, as far as I can remember, then I could walk that I was shooting. And so... Basketball has been a big part of, of our family. And uh, I, I wanted to illustrate this for you guys because uh, when we're talking about denying, when we're talking about um, not allowing our selfish nature to step in, it's hard work. So I want to show you real quick. Um, Emma, come on up here. I need you for a second. All right. <clears throat> Is Sissy in here? Is she hiding? Come here, sis. Come on. Real quick. Real quick. Come on. Uh, all right. So me and Sissy are going to be on the same. These are my two daughters. Sorry. I, I don't know if you know. Sissy's a, a seven-footer over here. Come on. Come on this side. All right. Me and Sissy are on the same team. Emma's playing defense. Okay. So what, what we've taught our, our players. Okay. Emma, you got to see the ball. See the man. Get your hand. Any coaches in here? You know what I'm talking about. See the ball. See your man. Get your hand in the passing lane. Sissy, you're going to move around and try to get open. All right. What Emma's going to do is she's going to deny Sissy the ball. Okay. If, if Sissy's the best player on the other team and we don't want her to get the ball, we're going to put Emma on her. All right. Get in a good stance. Come on. Show them what, you're, what, what you got. All right. Come on, get your hand out, get in a good stance. All right, sis, move around a little bit. I'm trying to, no, back up, back up, back up. All right, obviously we're not very good at basketball in our house. All right, deny her, don't let her get it, don't let her get it. There we go, come on, come on, work hard, work hard. Emma's good gravy. All right, all right, y'all go sit down. All right, that was a terrible display. But here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. The person playing defense, right, they're down in a stance, their arms out. 
they have to work twice as hard as the offense. Why? Because they don't know where the offense is going, right? They got to react to the offense. They have to get down. They're defending. And, and, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep the opponent, the enemy, from without getting the ball. I'm going to deny them. Well, I want you to think about this. You and I, we have an enemy that's working really hard to discourage you, to defeat you, to put things in your life and to put things in your path. They say, you know what? God didn't say that. He wants you to be happy. No, that doesn't matter. It's okay. You can, you can step into that. You can do that. You can drink that. There's no rules against that. And the enemy wants you to, to give in to these selfish desires. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm flipping that. I want you to deny those selfish desires. I want you to work really hard and not give up all those things that the world says is good. For, for those of you, listen, for those of you that are striving to live for Christ, you have an enemy that doesn't want you to win. He wants you to give in to your selfish desires. Oh, my, my marriage is a mess. My marriage is a mess. Let me go give in to these selfish desires. Oh, my business is a mess. Man, there's, I got I to gotta cut some corners. Let me give in to these desires. And the enemy doesn't want you to deny. And, 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 and I want to give you the definition. What, this is just Bobby. This is not in the Bible. This is Bobby's definition, okay? Denying yourself requires you to give up anything that we would want or seek that would hinder doing the will of God. Denying myself means that I'm willing to give up anything that is hindering me from doing the will of God. It means that I'm going to take my wants and my desires and my selfishness and I'm going to take it off the throne of my life and I'm going to put Jesus in its place. I'm going to deny and it takes work. Let's be honest, that's hard. That's hard to do. It takes, it takes work not to indulge. Why is that? Because we're naturally sinful and selfish people. You're like, dude, I'm glad I came to church today. Like you're a naturally sinful and selfish person. That's why it's hard for us to do this. We want what we want when we want it, right? That's who we are. But when we give in and we, we fulfill these, this self-indulgence, it leads to excessive striving for worldly pleasure. When we give in to this selfish uh, desires in our life, can I, can I just tell you, it, that's what leads to addiction. That's what leads to dependence. That's what leads to obsession and so on and so on. Living for yourself will always lead you to spiritual emptiness. Living for you will always leave you spiritually empty. So the question is, am I willing to deny my sinful nature? Am I willing to deny my selfish heart? I want you to think about this. When the Bible says deny themselves, some of you maybe grew up in church. You remember the story of Peter? Peter was a guy who followed Jesus, and as Jesus was getting taken away to go be crucified, Jesus told Peter, he said, hey, um, or Peter told Jesus, hey, I'm with you to the end, bro. I got your back all the way. And Jesus is like, no, you're getting ready to deny me three times. You remember that? And, and, and so, so Jesus is being led away, and people are looking at Peter and like, hey, weren't you with, weren't you with Jesus? And he's like, no, I don't. Not me. <laughs> Wasn't me. That was somebody else, right? And, and this is the same kind of deny that Jesus is talking about here in Luke chapter 9. He, what Peter was doing, he was breaking off all association with Jesus. I don't know him. 
I don't know him. And that's the same mindset that, that he's calling us to. Whoever wants to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Break off all association with self. It's not about you. It's not about self-indulgence. It's not about your, your stuff. And all. I want you to break free of all of that. But then he adds this part. He says, deny yourself. And then he adds this part. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily. What in the world does that mean? We don't walk around with crosses today. Well, when Jesus was speaking this to his disciples, everybody knew what he meant. Scholars would say that somewhere in the neighborhood of 30,000 Jews were crucified on crosses just in Jesus' earthly ministry. While Jesus was on earth, some would say around 30,000 Jews were crucified. So everybody knew and understood what Jesus was saying when he says, take up your cross. Essentially what that meant was they would literally put their cross on their back. And when people would see that, they knew that this person was on a death march. Right? They knew that this person was headed towards death. And, and what did that do? People were judging them and they would start uh, 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 throwing uh, you know, uh, accusations at them and judgment upon them. And people would begin to make fun of them and reject them. And they knew, they knew that a person under the cross, like they were a bad person. And everybody, everybody didn't like them during this time. And so Jesus, he, he's talking to these disciples, whoever wants to come, you can come. But I want you to know, here's the cost. You've got to deny your sinful nature. You've got to disassociate yourself with the sinful selfishness that you have. But not only that, you've got to be willing to put this cross on your back. You've got to be willing to pick it up and carry the shame that people, carry the rejection that people may give, carry the, the struggle that's a part of following Christ. And I love that. I love that Jesus is telling his followers, hey, listen, I want you to follow me, but you need to understand before you make this decision, before you, before you sign on the dotted line, you need to understand what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to deny your sinful nature and take up your cross. Take up your cross means that you are willing to identify yourself with Jesus Christ regardless of the cost to you. Am I willing to identify myself with Christ regardless of the cost personally, publicly, financially? Am I willing to do that? It's not, it's not a popular message, right? It's not a up, really uplifting message, right? You're like, say what? Like, I thought I was supposed to go to church and feel good. <laughs> Being all in. Being all in for Christ, it sounds hard because it is hard. It's a battle. It's a fight. It's a struggle. The cost of being all in for Christ is denying. And here's what I know today, church. You can't follow Jesus and go your own way. You cannot follow Jesus and go your own way. So number one, whoever means whoever. Number two, deny, deny, deny. Number three, number three is this, losers win. Losers win. Look at verse 24. If I want to be all in for Jesus. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. So here's what he's saying. If you're going to do this life thing on your own, you're going to try. You're going to, you're going to see how much good you can do. You're going to try to do it without Jesus. You're going to try to do it without me. Whoever wants to try and save their own life. No, 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 no. That's not going to work. 
You're going to come up empty every single time. And he says, whoever loses their life for me will save it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. You know, this saying uh, right there, that saying, it's found in all four uh, of the Gospels in the Bible. All four, no, more than once, right? No other saying gets that much emphasis in all four of the Gospels. So Jesus says this, if you will put your life in my hands, you'll win. Now, you think about that. We're kind of using sports today. Like, I hate losing. Anybody else? Like, I hate losing. I don't want, man, being a Louisville fan right now is tough. Like, it stinks. I hate losing. It's contrary to everything that's ever been taught to me, right? I want to, if, if we're going to walk out to that car, I want to beat you to the car, right? I just have this natural instinct. Like, I want to win, but I think what Jesus is really stressing here, I think he's stressing our motive for denying, right? If it's all about you, you only do stuff so everybody will see you. You, you only want, you want to be on the spotlight. You want it all to be about you because you don't feel good about yourself, so you do all this good so you feel good about you. Jesus is saying, that, that's not it. I want you to deny yourself. I want you to lose. I want you to lose your life. So that you can save it. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. We, we accept opposition. We accept shame. We accept suffering in his name. I often wonder when I, when I look as a pastor across the, the state of our churches. Uh, the, this question I, I was faced with. Have we cheapened the gospel by allowing people to buy in without selling out? Have we cheapened the gospel to allow people to buy in? Whoever means whoever. Come on, everybody's in, everybody's in, everybody's in. Oh, you don't want to follow Jesus' ways? You want to do things your ways? That's okay, you can still come, right? Oh, oh you, don't want to, you don't want to listen to the Bible? You want to live how, oh, this, oh, this aspect of my life? Now, I'll give Jesus everything, but I'll take care of my business, right? I'll give Jesus everything, but, but my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my kids, man, that, that's just a weird thing. I'll just leave that over here. That's not what he's saying. Have we made it too convenient, too comfortable? And listen, I'm sorry. If this is one of your first times here, we're usually more encouraging than this, okay? But, but, but I think that's the opposite of what Jesus wants. Like, it's not about you and your comfort and how good you need to feel. The gospel doesn't cost us anything, but it demands everything. The gospel is free for whoever is there, whoever needs it, whoever makes that decision. But it demands that we go all in. And our role in this today, church, our role in this going all in is obedience. Am I willing to be obedient to what God's calling me to do? Obedience to God's truth, not, listen, not what we want the truth to be, but what the truth is. Am I being obedient to God's truth in my life? I love this quote. Obedience often comes with a steep price tag, but the warranty is out of this world. Obedience to God is going to cost you something. It should cost you something. But the warranty, what he gives us back for our obedience, for our striving, for our denying, for our losing, is something that we can't find anywhere else. 
some of you here today. You want God to do something new in your life. You want God to, to move in your life, but you're still doing the same thing. God, I know this is a wreck. I know this part of my life is crazy. I just need you to do something. Come on, God, do something. But you sit, and we keep doing the same thing. I'm going to ask Brad and the, the team to come on back up as we get ready to close. And the reality of today's message, I believe this with all my heart. I've been praying for this for several weeks now. And I know the enemy... I know how he does things and creates distractions to get you not thinking about what the Lord wants you to hear. But the reality of this message today really comes down to three things. They're kind of churchy words, not words we use every day. But the first, first step of being all in, is being a part of whoever, is, is salvation. Salvation. What that simply means is, am I a part of whoever? Have I given my life to Jesus? Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to follow me, you can. And that's step one to being all in. Whoever means whoever. So the question I have for you today is, do you know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life? Have you made that commitment? Have you made that decision in your life to say, you know what, I want to be a part of the whoever? Not I want to know about it, not that I grew up in church or I grew up at a different church and this is the way that Jesus, Jesus says, listen, I'm the way. I'm the way to heaven. I'm, I'm the only way for you to get to God. I'm the only way for you to experience what I can give you. So salvation, have you taken that step in your all-in journey? The second question, deny, 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 the, the word that kind of associates with that is called sanctification. Sanctification. I'm being sanctified. I'm trying my best. In simple layman's terms, I'm striving to be a better person today than I was yesterday. I'm being sanctified by the blood of Jesus. I'm denying my sinful nature. You know what? Monday, I deny my sinful nature. Tuesday, dadgummit, I messed up and I gave him. But Wednesday, I'm getting up and I'm denying my sinful nature. Thursday, I'm getting up, I'm going to deny again. And we have this process. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means that I'm striving to deny me. Sanctification. And then number three, that the last part of being all in is surrender. Surrender. He says, losers win. The only way that you and I are going to win this journey, only way that you and I are going to win our, 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 our relationships, our work, our, our, our church, the only way is we're going to say, all right, God, here I am. I surrender. Use me however you see fit. Use me how you want to use me, God. I might get a little, might get a little backlash. Use me, God. My... Might lose some friendships. Use me, God. There's a, there's a price to pay when we truly, truly surrender. Have you made Jesus the Lord of your life? That's the step one. Is there some things in your life right now that you need to start denying? The reality is the Lord is speaking to your heart today and you're not denying it. You're giving in to those self-indulgences. You're giving in to those selfish desires. Can I, can I just remind you, can I just help you, that path leads to destruction. That path doesn't lead to hope and joy and peace in your life. It's time to start denying. Maybe that's your step today. The Lord's like, man, come on.
What's something in your life that you need to lose right now? He says, lose your life for my sake. What is something that God is speaking to your heart that you need to lose right now? Maybe it's some pride. Maybe it's some selfishness. Maybe it's some friendship, some business partner. I don't know what it is. But are you willing to lose it for his sake? That's, that's what being all in means. Showing up on Sunday to, to a church. That's, that's ground level. That's, that's starter. That's elementary. It's huge. We need it. Praise God we need it. And for some of you, that's your first step, and that's okay. Salvation, sanctification, surrender. What's God speaking to your heart about today? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going we're to end our time together right now. I know we have some new folks here. and It's really been cool over the last 11 months. Almost every single week we meet new people. My heart, my goal, my desire for this church as God has led us to be here is that we're a church that's all in. And we want to help. We want to help everybody that God brings into our path to be all in. The first step is your relationship with Christ. He got rid of the excuse. Any excuse you're thinking through right now, he says, "Uh uh-uh, whoever wants to be my disciple. If you don't know Christ today, can can I just challenge you? Before you leave this campus, grab myself, one of our one of our team in City Hope shirts, one of our other pastors, and just say, Hey, I need to be a part of whoever. I'm gonna give my life to Jesus today. If God's speaking and stirring in your heart today, take that chance. Take that risk. How well am I denying? Maybe you need to get on your face before God as we sing here in a minute. You just, you and God get alone and you need to confess some sin and you need to say, God, I've been giving in. I haven't been denying. And today, moving forward, I'm striving to deny for you. I'm going to work harder than my enemy. I'm going to work harder than my opponent. And I'm going to be all in for you, Jesus. Maybe you've lived your life in a way that you are trying to save it. You're building up the, the, the worldly treasures. You're building up the worldly relationships. You're building all this up to try to fulfill you with different things. And Jesus says, uh-uh, that's not going to work. If you keep trying, you're going to lose it. But if you let me try, you put me on the throne of your life, you'll win. I don't know what God's speaking to your heart to today, but the reason why we're here is to give you an opportunity to respond. Father, I just pray that we would be an all-in church. Even when it's hard, even when it's tough, even when we don't see it, we don't understand it, even when we fail and mess up, help us to be all-in. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth that we can look at and know this is what it means to follow Jesus. I thank you that you're a good God. That you call whoever, whoever wants to take that step to be your disciple. Give us courage. Give us boldness to go out into this world and, and, and make some chaos just like those monkeys.
Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing. If you need to do business with God, do it right there in your seat. You need somebody to talk to. We got folks up front. Just be obedient today. Thanks again for tuning in with us today. We would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is through social media or go straight to our website. God bless you, and have a wonderful day.